Welcome, everyone. Uh, my name is Linda Gallick. I'm the Health and Wellbeing Consultant at Bell & Health, and uh, so happy to have you all taking some time with us today for another segment of our Mental Health Moments. So, uh, hard to believe we are wrapping up 2021. This will be our last Mental Health Moments segment in 2021. The good news is, is that we will be continuing these segments uh, through 2022. More current information, more hot topics, uh, bringing you the, the best uh, tips and tricks for mental health uh, to keep all of us motivated and healthy. So today I am so pleased to have with us Charles Latour, our behavior health therapist. Charles, how is your Thursday going? It's going good. So far, so good. Um, all the way around, it couldn't be better other than well, depending on white Christmas, it's even snowing, so that might be a good thing today. I was worried that's what happened to Mary Lou, as the the snow may have thrown off her travel plans. You never know in Wisconsin, right? Yeah. I think, Mary Lou, you might have been muted there. So I am here. I made it. Hello, everyone. You are. Okay. So, <laughs> Mary Lou um, Cornett, who is our Director of Outpatient Services at Bellin Psychiatric Center. So, Mary Lou, always, always a pleasure to have you with us. So, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So, let's talk a little bit about. So, I don't think it's any news to anyone that that 2021 has has indeed been a bit of a challenging year. And this month's lifesaver topic, we were actually focusing on anxiety and depression. And I thought that was a really important topic for us to focus on, particularly around the holidays, because statistically, there seems to be so much more anxiety and depression around those holidays. And also, even just regionally, I was talking to my pastor the other day, and he said, you know, just our whole church, I'm seeing more incidents of anxiety and depression and and so it, it definitely is a concern and so Mary Lou and Charles you all really have the experience surrounding a lot of this so I, I really want to hear from you but Charles I think that you know the holidays and the season and the darkness and the cold and some of these things you know that, that does bring on a, a different set of things for people and people might be a little bit bummed out and feeling unmotivated because it's dark and those types of things but how do we know if we indeed are kind of crossing that line that we're really getting into more of that anxiety and depression and, and that we maybe really should be seeking assistance? Yeah, really great, great question. And, it, and it's not easy. Uh, I'll start there. Um, but before I even go into more of it, I just want to welcome Mary Lou and say how because I, I just thought of this as we were going into it and in, in, um, Mary Lou's introduction is, it's kind of fitting, I guess, even though we didn't plan it this way, but fitting. We started the year with Mary Lou as our first guest back in January, and now we're bookending the, the year with her as our last guest in December. So she's had one appearance in January, and here we are in December wrapping up the year of 2021. It also amazes me how fast it went by now that we're even talking about it, that um, back in January, we were talking about the, the book that we processed through together. So, so welcome Mary Lou and thanks for joining us and, and helping bookend our year with your knowledge uh, and expertise. So 
So back to your question, it's really tough. And here's why is this type of year, um, a time of year and the types of things that go on with it bring about a lot of different emotions for people. There's the seasonal component, less daylight, more darkness, uh, more cold for a lot of people. It's not true of all people because some love this. And this is their outdoor time, especially people skiing, snowmobiling, um, uh, cross-country skiing, and so forth. This is what they long for. But for a lot of people, this is cold. They're inside more. They're less maneuverability. Some of the things that they typically do uh, lessen. Their go-to strategies of coping lessen. And we can become a little bit more depressed, a little bit more worried. Then you get the seasonal component of the holidays. I got a shop. I want to get the right gift. I, I, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to offend anybody with the wrong gift. There's pressure. There's stress. There's one additional stress that sometimes gets um, under the radar in the way it impacts, but it's financial stress. I would like to do this, but I can't. I'd like to go here for the holidays, but I can't. I would like to go and see these family members, but I can't. I'd like to get these gifts, but I can't. And for a lot of people who are still having the continued effect of the whole economic impact when the COVID-19 first started, I'm still hearing a lot of that being very prominent for a lot of people, um, the, the whole financial hit that their businesses and People have never had to deal with that much financial stress and, and strife um, throughout their life. Now, because of this virus, they're still feeling the ill effects that that has created. So those are just some of the, the things that come in. To the second part of your question is if those are the things that impact us and why, at least a little touch of it. The second part of your question is what's the difference between what, are we depressed? Or are we sad? And do we need help or don't we? And with that, what we come down to is what I describe as the difference between a state and a trait. The state is the current situation. This situation happened and this is the way I feel about this situation. So if a good friend or family member gets sick, even something more complicated, any disaster that they may experience, we feel bad about that. That's a very normal, typical, appropriate. I'd even be a little bit more worried if we didn't have some of that, that stress, the concern, feeling bad, feeling down, feeling blue to this specific given situation. Depression is more prevailing. It, and it doesn't even have to be about something. It's just the way I feel. So we look at that as a trait, an ongoing emotional experience I have, and sometimes I don't even know why. So if you think about it from that standpoint, sadness is a moment or a day or even a short period of time to a specific event that I'm emotionally reacting to. You could even do that from a movie, right? There's movies that can create that state. But the ongoing trait is, and depression is prevailing, 
and actually an illness rather than a situational reaction. So I'll, there's more I want to say, but I don't want to take up too much time with that. So I'll pause there and see if there's any questions or anywhere else you want to go with that. Sure. Mary Lou, was there anything that you wanted to add to what Charles had shared? I, I would just simply echo what he has shared that, um, you know, anxiety and depression certainly have, have been, I think, in the forefront for a lot of us. Um, you know, the, the differentiation and, and the markers that Charles just spoke about are really pretty important. Um, you know, all of us can feel the blues sometimes, can can find ourselves in a situation that, that affects our mood, uh, how we cope, our depression and anxiety. Um, and, th and that's the reality. You know, something that lingers, something that continues on is really something that deserves a little bit more of our attention and, and a little more of our TLC. This time of year can be particularly challenging. Um, you know, one of the things Charles didn't mention as, as a trigger during the holidays is grief and loss. And certainly over the last year and a half, two years, um, we've experienced a lot of that. Um, family members, um, friends, what have you. And, and always the holidays kind of bring up those, more of that sentimental concern that can come up. And, and that can be a trigger during the holidays as well, a trigger for depression or anxiety too. Absolutely. And I, I think what's so important is for people to understand that that's normal. Like, it's okay if you are sad around the holidays because you lost someone. That is totally normal and that, that's your grieving process. Let me double click on that, Linda, of what you were just commenting on, on Mary Lou's comment, as well as that grief and loss can be paramount. And there's a couple different ways it comes into play. And there's one other thing I want to say with it too, but the, the grief and loss, it gets accentuated in these holiday times that we, this is where we think of people coming together who are now not there to come together with us. It's like they are gone and it, it's almost relived with each anniversary like Christmas or those other markers especially what's in the first year or two and christmas sometimes becomes about how much we're with people that we want to be with as well as missing the people that we're no longer with and that has all been exponentially heightened these you know last year and still coming into this year so but there's one other element to that which is crucial for a lot of people and that is depending on how much grief and loss or how much in in terms of family we're able to be with isolation is probably one of the most in incredibly influencing factors in how people emotionally get through the holidays because most days even if there is isolation whether because of life situations or what we've experienced with the, the virus, um, the people who don't have the opportunity to be with others, and even more if it's because of grief and loss, that isolation just gets heightened to an incredible level as well and greatly impacts emotionality through the holidays. Absolutely, so, so much there. So then I wanted to ask Mary Lou then to maybe address, 
you know, some of the resources that are available to people. If people are experiencing some of these emotions and, and they feel like they do want to reach out for some help, what, what kind of options can we give them, Mary Lou? Sure, absolutely. So I, I, of course, would be remiss if I didn't talk about the, the tremendous, robust resources that we have here at Bellin and through Bellin Psychiatric Center. Um, you know, we've, we've got a tremendous number of very qualified uh, individuals that work on our behavioral health team. Got acute psychiatric hospital outpatient services and, and our services spread throughout our entire region. And, and I know many of the individuals uh, here on the WebEx work and live and play uh, in our Bellin community. And um, I'd, I'd be remiss, obviously, not to, not to talk about those robust services. But it's important as well um, to know, to, to your point, Linda, something that you said a little bit earlier, um, sometimes that sadness, that um, depression, that anxiety is a normal part of, of coping. Um, and it can be an okay thing to feel those emotions. And not everybody um, who experiences anxiety or depression uh, or some kind of concern like that has to see a, a behavioral health professional. Um, you can start with your primary care physician. You can start with um, your own community resources uh, as, as a place to, to, to start to look for some guidance and some direction. Um, I know that Bree Decker and Rebecca Fairman are on this call. Um, I see Bree's name up on the screen right now. Um, and, and they are part of Connections for Mental Wellness. Neither of them knew that I was going to talk about this today. So hopefully they're all right with this. They have a tremendous resource um, that is through, thank you, Bree, that is through um, Connections for Mental Wellness. And that is uh, a website called myconnectionnew.org. I'm going to put that in the chat here uh, for those of you who are curious. Um, this is a fantastic resource uh, that exists for our community. Um, Brown County Calumet out of Gamey uh, in Winnebago. Hi, Jess. Good to see your clapping hands. Um, <laughs> and this this site has a tremendous amount of resources, really specific to mental health, but also um, when we think a little bit about the social determinants of health, um, all of those things that, that individuals can struggle with, transportation, financial challenges, um, food insecurity, uh, all of those things that we know can become challenging during the winter time, really any time of the year, um, that can affect anyone, our, our friends, our neighbors, our family members. Um, the myconnectionnew.org website um, ties into the United Way of Fox Cities and Brown County's United Way 211 resources, and it ties together um, lots of interactive tools and resources. There is a library that's a part of that website. Um, where individuals can go out and just simply do some research and reading and learning on their own um, about resources in the area, about depression and anxiety, about mental health issues. Um, it lists all kinds of supports, uh, everything from who could I contact to see for behavioral health services in my community to are there any support groups in my community um, that might be helpful. There's event calendars that are a part of that website. There's a symptom checker. I'm experiencing XYZ symptoms and what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my family? Screening tools to help assess levels of depression or anxiety. Super cool. It translates into, I can't even tell you how many different languages. So uh, th this really isn't just for um, 
you know, the professional that's that's looking for services or somebody who's got access to, to regular everyday resources. This is really for everybody. Um, and Rebecca says over 100 different languages. Absolutely. Um, so I would encourage you to get out there, take a look at this website. It is a um, not well enough advertised resource. Um, that truly is a gem and, and a real diamond in the rough here in our community. Um, and I wanted to call that out, Linda. I wanted to be sure that folks on this call, anybody who'd be listening to this recording afterwards, um, would have access to that resource. Uh, it really is tremendous. Kudos to Connections for Mental Wellness, Bree and Jess and Rebecca for um, the collaboration that went on behind the scenes uh, to get the website up, up and running. Um, and, and it continues to stay fresh um, month after month. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing all that, Mary Lou. Um, and I'll definitely put those links in the uh, recording as well when I send out the follow-up email. So feel free to pass that along to anyone that you feel may not know about that resource. You know, perhaps, you know, people that you work with and friends and family um, may need something like that, may, may not know about it. So please help us share that information and spread it. So we also, when we were talking about this session and talking about how we were going to really address anxiety and depression, you know, we we really throughout the year of 2021 and, and for that in 2020, we always try to bring some practical help, you know, to the session, some tools that you can use that can that can just help you move forward in, in terms of your own mental health. And so we were kind of reflecting and looking back on, on some of these topics that we've presented. And I've always believed that review is a great way to, to learn because we don't always remember things the first time we hear it, but if we hear it a couple more times, it can be really helpful. So Charles, just kind of in reflection of everything we've talked about um, through the past year, was there one session in particular that, that stood out to you and you thought, they, they have some good information for people to really help manage some of those those emotions they may be feeling. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's it's a it's a great reflection time. You know, th that's one of the things we do is, you know, I love the the old John Lennon song, another year over, a, no, a new year just begun. That this is a time of the year that we really have a natural tendency to reflect. And looking back at the programs we've done through the years, it's interesting because my first reflection was just the last one, you know, the gratitude and the idea that how we code our experiences, how we work with our experiences, even the most, as, as our guest highlighted, um, she was unbelievable, as, as, as she highlighted, even the most difficult times that we go through still have these things that we learn and grow through and can be grateful for, even though at the time it doesn't seem that way at all. And the idea that at the end of the day, that's how everything is. Every day, if we're always coding things in a negative light, our neuroplasticity, the pathways that we have, have these prevailing negative experiences. But if we can, and it doesn't mean we pretend things are good if they're not, it's how we see them and how we work with them and that our brain is always adaptive and reactive to experiences and being shaped by experience. So 
and the more self-directed that neuroplasticity is, the, the healthier we tend to be. So I love the last one. I really liked and enjoyed and hopefully people got something out of each one. But looking back, the other one that I wanted to come back to, mainly in some ways, because it was like two months worth, it was part of July, part of August, and it was a big part of this year is helping people understand that not only is taking care of your mental health no longer an outlier, it's actually a good thing. When we have professional athletes being able to say, this is the most important part of me. This is more important to my training than the number of hours I put in working on my craft or the number of hours I put in working on my body. Working on my mind is now no longer a ridiculous thing, but actually supported. And that mental health and being able to say, I'm taking care of my mental health is no longer a, what are you doing? What are you worried about? It's now a, when we have Michael Phelps saying, it's okay to not be okay. When we have Simone Biles saying, I'm not ready to do this and, and I'm okay with that. And that's now taking care of me rather than I should go and risk my physical health for this. The being able to say that taking care of who I am and what I'm about is no longer just from the neck down. It's all of us. It's, it's all holistic. And that psychological mental health is as important as any other part of our well-being. And as I often sometimes say, more so. So half the game of life is mental. Sometimes so is the other half. So we don't have overall well-being without psychological well-being. So I think the fact that we've been able to shine an even stronger light on that in, in moments where it's coming out uh, and demonstrated in our society and anything we can do to help highlight that, I think is a good thing too. Last thing I want to say about it is this morning as I was watching the news, I saw that Simone Biles was named the Athlete of the Year. Um, so I was thinking of all the things because there was a couple other ones. I was like, but that that has to be it. I mean, this is a sign that this is the one I want to highlight out of all the things that. And the the other thing I do want to say with it is the guests that we've had, Mary Lou included, I think have been a great addition, and I've really appreciated all that they've been able to add throughout the year. I just have to say, Charles, I think, you know, as a society, we took a big leap forward this year in the recognition of these athletes saying, hey, I'm not okay, or I'm not going to do that because I'm not okay. And that, seeing that at a higher level, gives all of us permission to, to say, yes, I do need to consider my mental health. And so I, I'm, I'm loving that you pointed that out because I do think that was a significant cultural shift that we got to see this year, we got to witness and talk about. So that's what I love about these segments. Uh, Mary Lou, were, were there any significant things that, that stood out to you uh, over, over the last year that we've covered? 
I, you know, I think what I have truly enjoyed is watching the evolution of these mental health moments and hearing over and over again from individuals who have either attended live or who have listened to the recordings afterwards, um, how much they have enjoyed. And, and, and I think it is reflective of what both of you have just, just spoken about. I think if there's any silver lining in kind of the, the last year and a half or so, um, I, I think it is the fact that we've started to chip away at the stigma around mental health. Um, you know, the fact that we have as many attendees on these on these WebEx meetings and as many or more who listen to the recordings afterwards speaks volumes um, to the evolution of of what what I think we started out with was a hey, can we can we give this a try and see what happens um, in in really seeing that, I, you know, I think again, you know, if there's if there's a silver lining in it, it is the the fact that we've begun to chip away at the stigma around, around mental health, that it is okay to talk about not feeling okay, that it is okay to say my my mental health needs my attention right now and other things can wait. Absolutely. And I'm just, I'm so proud of Ellen for, for doing this and for taking the time and giving us the resources to really have that platform for people, um, for it to be a safe place where we can all learn uh, more about mental health together. So that's been incredibly powerful. So um, just also to let everyone know, if you ever want to watch previous episodes of Mental Health Moments, you can go on bellin.org backslash lifesaver, and there's a tab on the left-hand side that has Mental Health Moments, and they're all listed right there. Uh, you can also search for Mental Health Moments um, on our YouTube channel, so that would be the Bellin Lifesaver Wellbeing channel. And then also we've started to put these mental health moments um, into podcast formats. You, you can find them on the Apple uh, platform for, for podcasts. You can find them on Spotify and some other uh, venues as well. So keep watching for those. You can listen to it while you're taking a walk or, or whatever, whatever works for you. So, um, so Charles and Mary Lou, where do you think we go from here? What, what great things is is 2022 going to hold for us in, in terms of us paying attention to our mental health? How are we going to continue to grow and evolve? What, what do the two of you think the future holds? And Charles, I'll start with you. Yeah, well, I'll even start off with where Mary Lou is leaving off. Um, I think we have a long way to go. I, it, this started with a five-minute um, We'll give mental health five minutes uh, for if you can do it, and it that was I think March or April of 2020, and then it went into a you know from there on. So, but I love what Mary Lou was saying and that uh, how much we've come and put it on the radar screen, but I do know that we have a long way to go and. Uh, I'm going to lump in a couple other things that I continue to find that it amazes me that we're not at a better place yet, but we we're, we're going towards it is the invisible illnesses. I know people who suffer greatly from the fibromyalgias to the Parkinson's, which has a little bit more visibility at a certain stage, but not until then uh, Crohn's. Um, Alzheimer's, so many of these, uh, most of all of the psychological, but a number of these other physical illnesses that 
people seem to still not, uh, even though we're getting better at appreciating them and taking care of ourselves, I think there's still a lack of understanding at times and maybe even empathy and sympathy for things that people are going through. So, I, and still part of the stigma that, well, if it's just this, well, why can't you do that? We saw a lot of that even in the Olympics that we talked about. She should be able to suck it up and just go do this jump. Um, the, the invisible illnesses, including the mental health, I think we have a long way to go there in terms of how we continue to break through the stigma, continue to educate, as well as people who are experiencing things, continuing with tools and ways to support. And then the last thing I want to say is, um, you know, something I've alluded to more early on in these programs, but not as much recently, is that old thing that uh, Schopenhauer and Freud taught us a long time ago in the world of mental health, which was that great mental health, being good and healthy, was the absence of illness, right? Going from negative 10 in life to zero. But, you know, in most people's lives, what I've found over the years is that isn't what's keeping us up at night. It's like, what gives us the positive 10? The things that where we flourish in life, the things that are great and being in a positive direction, not so great to me, great mental health isn't just the absence of a psychological illness, but how well we feel we are living our life on that plus side and everything in that direction. And there's more I'll say about that in a bit, but I'll stop there and Mary Lou's um, uh, chime in as well. Yeah, I would I would echo a lot of what you're saying, Charles. I mean, as Linda's you know teeing up the question for us, resiliency is what comes to mind, and that's some of what you're talking about. How do we bounce back? How do we recognize where we, when and where we may be struggling, and and how do we rebound? Where do we find our resiliency? And um, I would I would love to see more open conversations around that. You know, I rattled off all those tools and all those wonderful resources that are available through my connections NEW. Um, and, and a lot of that is about resiliency. How do I get out there and, and look for and find resources that are going to be helpful for me? Um, decreasing that stigma, I agree. With, it's been a great start, but we have so much more to do with that. Um, and, and you're right, Charles, we started out with, you know, can, can you do four or five minutes uh, on, on mental health a year and a half? two years ago, uh, and it's morphed into this. So um, I'm excited to, to see what happens and what continues to happen with these mental health moments. Um, it, more, more community guests, more uh, opportunity to talk about um, our mental health and resiliency as a part of that. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that, because that's some of what I wanted to come back to, and even resiliency-oriented questions. So. As we think of even conceptually resiliency, resilience is the rapidity with which we bounce back. So here's the adversity, here's our bounce back. That's how we define resilience. And I even add a twist to it, which is an even better. So despite the adversity, when we bounce back, do we first bounce back to um, our baseline? But what we went through, even though as adverse as it was, are somehow we even better. And um, do and back to the challenge mindset, a resilience mindset as we see things in life as a challenge rather than a threat. 
and what we can control. We have this great ability to control what we can and the ability as well to let go as well as possible with what we can't. And then the other one is how well we give rather than just take. Is is the life in the world revolving around me or um, am I revolving with the, with the West, the rest of us? As I always say, you know, a rising tide floats all boats. Well, we give our resilience away by helping others rather than just hold on to it. So part of resilience is how much we give and we're part of a community helping others, not just ourselves. And uh, when we can continue to work in that direction, we keep getting better. And to me, part of the questions in the process of getting better, I know the first meeting that we had and we talked about how do we get through this COVID-19, the first thing I said was we look at ourselves and have a vision of how we wanna get through it and where can we get better? So I have a list of questions, which is um, kind of what I said earlier, I wanna come back to something. If I can just go through these, to me, this last year and a half or more is gonna lead into the next year. And it, we look at it as I think of everything we've been through is almost like this year and a half collective social stress test. And I think as we look back at this last year and a half, almost two years, we have to say individually and collectively, how did we do with this social stress test collectively? Did I, did I get through this part of it the way I had hoped to and wanted to, both with my physical and psychological health? Did I get better? Did I just get bitter or did I get better? Did I help others get better? Did I learn and grow? If you did, how did you learn? What did, how did you grow? And what woke you up each morning to say, I wanna go and do this, not only to get through the day, but to, to get through it as well as I can. What purpose do I have that's lighting me up to go and do it? And do I know and am I connected to what's most important in my life? Am I living my life through my thoughts, values, actions, what I say, what I do through those values and what's most important or is something else driving those? Um, that type of thing and that I'm not perfect and none of us are, but we're trying to get better. And a phrase I like to use for that and even in this, this vulnerable time that we're in is that there's a crack in everything but that's how the light gets in. And in these times where it's darkest, earliest, the, the darkness is what allows the light to shine. And hopefully all of our lights have a chance to do that. And to me, part of getting through the winter in this dark time is appreciating all the lights that come with it. So those are the things that I think of reflecting on the year. If we could look back at those things ask ourselves those questions and how we did instill a commitment that what we can do better is our path forward and the best that we could hope for is being the best version of ourselves that we could possibly be and what that means with and for all the other important people in our lives. 
Well, and I think, too, it's it's important to think about it like I always like to think about it as mental well-being takes consistency and you have to keep doing it and you have to keep working on it. It's just like physical well-being. You don't, you don't get fit because you did one push-up. You get fit because you do push-ups again and again and again and you increase it and you do different push-ups and challenge different muscles. And to me, that's, that's how mental well-being is if we continue to think about things and challenge ourselves and expose ourselves to different resources and, and really tune into how we're, we're managing things, that continues to build those, those mental health muscles. So I think it's just so great that we continue to, to bring this series to everyone so that everyone can continue to be tuned into that and we can all become better versions of ourselves. So I did put in the chat, if you have any questions for Charles or Mary Lou, feel free to to ask those right now, kind of as we wrap up, we'll see if anybody has any questions. But um, final wishes for, for as we head into 2022, Charles? Yeah, the, the main thing that I really hope everybody gets out of, if not today, but then maybe all of this, is that you being the individual that you are, your individualism, you being who you are, is always enough. It's even in this time of giving, giving you, being you, who you are, your most authentic self is the gift in and of itself. You are a miracle. And whether it's you spend a thousand dollars on a gift or the, the gift ultimately at the end of the day is always you. Because people will always remember what you may have said, what you may have done. And they may not, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And you can only make them feel something through you and who you are. So you are always the gift. Your kindness alone is a gift. And just being with the people who you are and being your most authentic self and showing up with the energy with and for other people, that is the gift uh, that you give. Absolutely. There's so, there's so much to be said for that. Just know that you are enough. You as who you are, are enough. Mary Lou, any parting thoughts today? I, I could not have said it any better. And I think it's a wonderful time to reflect on those gifts that we give. Um, so so Char Charles nailed that. Um, I want to thank you guys for having me back, wrapping up the year, bookending it. As uh, Charles said, it's been a pleasure uh, listening over the year. Uh, again, kind of listening to the growth and, and the evolution of the mental health moments. And I, I look forward to many, many more. Great. Thank you so much. Well, we do too. We're, we're looking forward to the great things we're going to bring you in 2022. So thank you to everyone who tuned in today. We really appreciate you taking some time. Keep uh, knowing that you are a wonderful gift to those around you. And uh, we hope to continue to see you on these sessions in 2022. Again, you also can look it up uh, via podcast. And uh, to everyone out there, thank you again. And have a wonderful rest of 2021 and a great holiday season. Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Mary Lou. Thank you. Happy holidays, Happy holidays everyone. Take care.